The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. This is Radio Wave Medjinomics with a friend of Medjugorje. We are now in the midst of our five days of prayer for the reconciling of ourselves, our families, and our nation back to God. This is the 20th year of this event of praying for our nation. This uh, event precedes a lot of the uh, national prayer events that you see throughout the country, and it's an accumulation of grace of uh, Our Lady's apparitions here and what it is that she established in praying for our our nation, and now we see movements all across the country. It's very encouraging to see these movements now all across across the country taking place. Uh, today, uh, we're recording uh, this a day earlier, uh, tomorrow, Thursday, which uh, the day that you'll be hearing this, we're going to be on the mountain praying before the cross, and we'll be remembering all of you in a special way uh, that day. And Frank is also with us here in the studio, joining us as well. So, this is Radio Wave Medjinomics with your host, a friend of Medjugorje. We want to welcome Frank, and it's always a joy to be in the midst of the five days of reconciling ourselves, our families, and our nation back to God. Something we look forward to all year, that if we had no income, we would still do it because this is how it started for the community. We did it for ourselves, not even anticipating we turned it into 20 years of a tradition. 
especially Christmas and the feel and the beauty that it brings to us. And so we'll start the show this morning with Jones Reed. This comes again from Tony Evans' book, The Kingdom Agenda, and it follows with our retreat of bringing ourselves, our families, and our nation back under the rule of God. In Psalm 128, the Word of God lays out life as it was meant to be lived by kingdom people under God in every sphere of life, individual, family, church, and the nation. One life under God. How blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in His ways. When you shall eat of the fruit of your hands, you will be happy, and it will be well with you. That's from Psalm 128. The first thing the psalmist wanted you to know is that if your personal life is in line under God, blessing will flow out of you into your home, your church, and your community. But it all starts with you and me personally. How blessed How happy is the person who fears the Lord? To fear God simply means to take Him seriously, holding Him in awe and reverence. It means God is not to be marginalized, discounted, or put on the outskirts of life. Rather, He must be at the center of your existence. When you fear God, He will take care of your fortune. Scripture says you shall eat of the fruit of your hands. He will take care of your feelings. Scripture says you will be happy, and He will take care of your future. Scripture says it will be well with you. When you take God seriously and walk in His ways in your personal life, the next place it shows up is in your family life, one family under God. Your wife shall be like a fruitful vine within your house, your children like olive plants around your table. Behold, For thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. God was saying to families, You must be rooted in me. The writer pictured the wife as a fruitful vine. A vine clings. It will take hold of whatever it is attached to. The atmosphere in a home should be such that a wife can wrap her branches around her husband for stability, security, and love. When it comes to children, the psalmist changed the imagery from a vine to olive plants. Notice they are not trees yet, but plants. Olive plants take up 15 years to mature, and they have to be nurtured. When they are nurtured properly, they provide a multitude of benefits, since olive oil was used for medicine, cooking, and many other profitable opportunities. The psalmist was saying that we must provide a nurturing environment for our children if they're going to grow up to be olive trees. The beauty of an olive tree is biblical times was that when it matured, it would produce olives for another 40 years. That's the picture of productive children raised in nurturing environment. One of the great places to do family nurturing is around your table. Mealtimes provide many great teachable moments. But Dad has to be there around the table with the kids if those moments are going to be seized for God. The man who provides this kind of climate in the home will be blessed of the Lord. One nation under God. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. Indeed, may you see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. Peace is shalom, well-being in the community, because individuals, families, and the church are right under God and right with each other. When you get all that lined up properly, guess what happens? You see the prosperity of the community. You see peace take over. 
you see a nation recover its spiritual health. Some of us in America won't get to see our children's children because there's no peace. There's violence, corruption, and corrosion. The psalmist said, in essence, if you want to fix the culture, then start with your own spheres of influence. How are we as Christians going to help influence the leaders of our society if we're not willing to commit our personal lives to Christ, to love and nurture our families, and to serve and strengthen the church of the living God? We live in a world that has lost its morals and its standards. Our public schools are falling apart. Criminals are dominating our neighborhoods, and we're just having church rather than being the church. That's not good enough. We need to break the huddle and go out and let the world know that Jesus is Lord. We have too many secret agent Christians, too many spiritual CIA representatives, too many covert operatives for the kingdom. Everybody else is coming out. We might as well come out too. It's time for the people on your job to know where you stand. If you stand with Christ, stand up and be counted. People in your neighborhood ought to know where you stand. They ought to know that there is a standard, and God is that standard. Our world needs the truth of God from people who know it. When you fear God, it rolls over to your home. It rolls over from there into your church, and then we will see the betterment of the community. We will see the impact of Christ around the world. We will see the difference the cross of Jesus Christ can make. That's kingdom impact. And it starts with you and me aligning ourselves and every area of our lives under God in order to advance his kingdom agenda. At the heart of the kingdom agenda is personal responsibility. Because the fact is, if you're a messed up person and you have a family, you're going to contribute to a messed up family. And if your family goes to church, and then you're, you're a messed up family, will contribute to a messed up church. And if you're a messed up person, contributing to a messed up family, contributing to a messed up church, and your church is in a neighborhood, then your messed up church will lead to a messed up neighborhood. And if you're a messed up person, contributing to a messed up family, contributing to a messed up church, leading to a messed up neighborhood, and your neighborhood resides in a city, then your messed up neighborhood will result in a messed up city. Now, if you're a messed up person contributing to a messed up family, contributing to a messed up church, leading to a messed up neighborhood, resulting into a messed up city, and your city resides in a county, then your messed up city will be a messed up county. And if you're a messed up person contributing to a messed up family, contributing to a messed up church, leading to a messed up neighborhood, resulting in a messed up city residing in a messed up county and your county is part of a state, then your county will help create a messed up state. But that's not all. If you're a messed up person contributing to a messed up family, contributing to a messed up church, leading to a messed up neighborhood, resulting in a messed up city, residing in a messed up county, helping to create a messed up state, and your state is part of a country, then your messed up state helps produce a messed up nation. Now, if you're a messed up person contributing to a messed up family, contributing to a messed up church, leading to a messed up neighborhood, resulting in to a messed up city, helping to create a messed up state that helps produce a messed up nation and your nation is part of the world, your messed up country will leave us with a messed up world. So 
If we want a better world, composed of better countries, inhabited by better states, made up of better counties, composed of better cities, inhabited by better neighborhoods, illuminated by better churches, made up of better families, we need to become better people. It all starts with personal responsibility, living all of life under God. You know, Tony Evans misses a real important point. If our lady's coming at the end for 32 years, that was the last thing he needed to say. We're messed up. 32 years of apparition shows us we're all the way through from the start to the end messed up. When you have dominated neighborhoods ran by criminals, and you have people doing this knockout thing that everybody's talking about, how more messed up can you get? I don't even have the mentality, and many people don't have the mentality. How do you go up for fun to knock somebody out? Of course, for those who haven't heard, which I've been told by several different people about what's going on in this new game that's out there, and it's spreading, you run up to somebody knock them out. you got to hit them so hard that they got to go down to the concrete, or the street, or the room. I was just told that somebody tried somebody, he pulled a gun on and shot him. That's good. Needs to be a message to send people that are so reckless that they have no concept of love of neighbor. It's an amazing thing. Who would ever imagine something like this just ten years ago? How is that we've evolved to this kind of point that something like this can grow? From the neighborhoods. These are the kind of things where society corrected. What's left for them to do? We're making new laws and new rules and all kinds of things. People have to get together on the streets when they see that. And do some other knockout for the knockouts that's doing it. Are you supposed to love? Yeah, but there comes a time when Christianity can't be passive, can't tolerate certain behaviors. And it's an amazing thing that people all around who sees this don't chase these people down. You better, because it may be your grandmother that gets knocked out next time. We got a right to defend ourselves. The catechism teaches that. But what do people do? Just watch? Oh, I'll get knocked out if I do that. No, you make more people get knocked out if you don't defend it. If you see that, you should do something about it. Whatever you have to do. Not just call 911. That's that's secondary response. That's not first responders. The first responders on the scene is somebody standing there looking at it, watching it. In Canada, several Years ago, the thing started up there where people would be like in a parking on a blanket. And four or five people, thugs would come up and just start attacking a family or somebody. And people wouldn't even call 911. They didn't want to get involved because they know, well, at least they're bothering them, they won't bother us because they're already attacking somebody. And it became prevalent. They were so emboldened because they knew people wouldn't even call the, the, the second responders, which is the police, that those who first responders to call the police wouldn't do it. We're, we really are messed up. We've lost our values. We've lost our ideas of values. we lost our ideas. I was raised that if you have to do something, you see something going on, you put your life in danger. I did it many times. We'd follow the fire trucks. Sometimes we get there before the fire get there. I remember me and my brother seeing a car. We heard, heard the crash on the next block. It went over a hill, <clears throat> through a red light, into a yard, into a barn, and, and exploded in flames. They said a black guy was driving it. We got part of the hood that was there, and the flames were going so high we couldn't get near the car. We, we, went, we went to the car and endangered our lives because it could explode with gasoline. 
got right to where the flames were. He wasn't in there. He was actually hiding in the back of the barn. He got so scared. And and uh, we were there before the fire, fire stations were, or the fire trucks were. But we've done this many times. We chase chase things like that and be there at that. And we see something happen, we'd intervene. Where is that thought to do that? Yes, we were in danger several times. I can tell you some incredible stories. We lived in the city. So we saw a lot of things. Sometimes maybe we were reckless with what we did. But we thought nothing about putting our life in danger. And nobody has this mentality. Well, save yourself. Don't look that way. Don't bother. It's them better them than me. What kind of culture have we become? A selfish, messed up culture. And so the reason our lady does come is because she's come to show us that you save your life by giving your life for others. Uh, you remember the, the plane crash was at Washington? And the guy who was filming, or they were filming him, um, the news helicopters, it was cold. Water was choppy. Everybody was in the water. They were rescuing the people. This one man kept, everybody got, once they got in the water, didn't last very long. He would, he would bring somebody to the, to the ring and the helicopter pulled him up. Then he'd go get somebody else swimming. And when he got to be the last one, he couldn't hold up anymore and he drowned. He saved several people. Incredible thing. This is heroic. This is spiritual. This is love. This is what love of neighbor means. Give your life for another. Nobody does that today. And nobody considers that today. And it may not be some bold action that you have to take. It's just visiting a neighbor. It's just visiting or, or, or doing something that you need to do that you do in an omission. But this knockout thing is something that's an amazing thing, an amazing testimony, that even in Rome, they wouldn't do stuff like that. The ancient pagans, they didn't have behaviors like that. They were ruthless in their punishment, yes. They sent the, they sent the Christians to that, but they, they, had, they had families, they had wives. The Roman soldiers, soldiers had that. This is something new in the world. It's completely senseless. And some of those people, they're not going to die because they have to hit them as hard as they can to make sure they go out. You don't, you, you don't win the game if you don't knock them out. We need to be ruthless on these kinds of things. We need to love, yes. But you don't love your neighbor if you don't do something about that. It was shown in this Canada, Canadian thing, though, this test that went on, or they did a test on this, it showed if one person acts, then others usually will join. But the first person that Acts is the one that doesn't usually happens now. You have to act. You might be alone the first time. The second time or something happens, somebody will join you. But every night, they, we do it on the airplanes after 9-11. There's been several instances where somebody does something, everybody's on this guy. Actually, American Airlines, they beat one guy to death. Because he pulled out something. I forgot it was going to light, light something. And the... Uh, Four or five guys, I mean, they, they, he, he rode back in the plane dead. Am I advocating something contrary to Our Lady Peace? No, there's, there's, there's an order in, the, in man that has to exist, and it's the light of common sense. And there's a message on airplanes. People know they can't do a whole lot of things right now. Everybody needs to be first responders on planes. If you're going to do something, you're not going to have people... 80 people sit there and say, okay, we all just crashed this plane in the World Trade Center or something, or 100, whatever it was. They could have done something. 
But that's what he's coming to get us to do is to respond to her. Thank you for responding to my call. Be the first to respond in holiness, the first to respond in fasting, the first to respond in being Christian. And then these other things go away. That's your first attack against it, not to ever let it happen. And until we get what Our Lady's given us, we'll never get rid of this knockout stuff. And wherever it's going to go from here, what's the next thing? What's the new fad? I can't even grasp a thug. In fact, I think somebody just told me a couple of days ago that they did, they interviewed a school after somebody had done this and really uh, did some serious injury to somebody. They interviewed a girl about it, and she thought it was, it was oh, they just do it for fun. She said, well, wh- what about, you know, if you cripple somebody? Well, I don't know. It shouldn't have been there. This is the kind of response we're getting. This is what the youth is saying. It's just fun. And you think Tony Evans goes too much about messed up? We're messed up. Yeah, it's uh, incredible where we've come. And um, it's just amazing. This is the 12th year that uh, I've been here in um, the 12th retreat in 12 years. And it's amazing uh, what conversion takes place here. Each day, um, you know, you grow uh, profoundly in conversion, and you're very much in the light here. And so you're enlightened to see things that you uh, normally wouldn't see when you're not in a place of such great grace, which Our Lady has uh, appeared so many times, done so many things here with the community. And the community is so unique in its origin that um, you, you see things that you hadn't seen before. And I'll say that my family would not be safe had I not read They Fired the First Shot. It is that important. The saying, what you don't know won't hurt you, is incorrect. What you don't know could kill you. I will say that I believe America would be lost without they fired the first shot. I don't know because I'm dealing with so many city officials and so many different people that are that, that seem to be completely ignorant to their oath to protect and defend the Constitution and completely ignorant to how America is set up, what law and government are for to protect the right of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness of people. And I, I just wouldn't have known how to defend this without they fired the first shot. And uh, how ignorant I was and how ignorant we still are um, in regards to America and in regards to our liberty, in regards to our freedom. And so that's how important this book is to be spread. That's how important it is for the, the safety of our families, ourselves, our families, and our nation as, as that's what we're here for at uh, um, this most uh, joyful time, this most joyful retreat, is um, to reconcile ourselves back to God. And um, Joan's reading pretty much summed up uh, where we are in America right now, where the individual's messed up and the family's messed up and, and the nation's messed up. And so um, we have to... Uh, Embrace these writings as what the what the last chapter of Revelations tells us they are, or, or what, what Our Lady's message is, and that's uh, 
food to heal the nations. And um, the other uh, revelation I had, uh, I'd been thinking about because God used me in this um, in this message concerning, look what happened while you're sleeping. And while I was doing these things to separate myself from a business that wouldn't allow me to open on Sunday, Our Lady gives a message that she never gave, gave in before in the history of the Marian apparitions on the 25th. She doesn't say anything. And for the first time in the history of um, Medjugorje, Jesus says something. And what he says is, I am your peace. Live my commandments. And so the answer has to start with, look what happened while you're sleeping. The answer has to start with us taking very seriously how we live our Sundays, what we do on our Sundays, and make that what the church has made that from the beginning till, till 1960. And that's um, the day of the Lord where we don't buy and sell. And we consider these things very grave um, and, and a defilement of the Sabbath. Well, we have such a lack of vision of where we need to go. And now people are in a panic and, and they're scared and they're fearful of the things. The economy, everything as far as just the street, lock your doors every, everywhere you go. And if you're not a planner, if you're not looking to the future in the present, then you won't be reaping the fruit. Our lady's trying to get us to reverse the direction of the world. Well, that's got to start somewhere, and you're going to reverse the direction after you slow down. A freight train hits something. I remember as a kid, we had near railroad, railroad tracks, and every, every three or four years, there'd be a crash or something. We'd run a mile down the road to see it. You know, sometimes people were killed and things, but just us kids, we were just it was an exciting thing for us. And it would drag the car a mile down the road before it stopped. You're not going to do anything without some kind of coasting or some kind of momentum to stop it. Instead of reverse something, take some time, some effort for that time to happen, and, and it doesn't change. So our lady's been coming for 32 years to change the direction of the world. I thank God that we had the thoughts and the process in our hearts to, in 1993 to start uh, seven novenas a year. Thank God before that, we were already praying for our nation. Thank God before Our Lady came uh, here in 1988, I'd already been praying for our nation's healing. This is in 1981, 82, 83, 84. I saw which way it was headed because I was thinking not about what was going on because we couldn't even imagine that anybody back in those days, even the 80s, that's not a long time ago, 30 years ago, we can imagine people would be doing by 2013 knocking people out like that for no reason at all because they think that's fun. It doesn't even make sense. And so Our Lady was showing us these things to get us prompt that we might be ready. And we've got an investment. The whole community has an investment. I've got an investment. And every person Our Lady gives to us is an investment each day for the world. And I'm so thankful that God showed me to do what I did and start on a path even before the apparitions. I've just been thoughtful that, hey, something's going to not be good for me 10 years from now and 25 years from now. I knew we were building my house. Don't borrow money. Build it as I went. It's been eight years building. And everything I was thinking about eight years before that came, came to fruition eight to 10 years later. And it feels good. It feels right. And all those decisions... Enabled me actually to do what I do with Medjugorje. I made all the right decisions by the grace of God, not because I was some holy person doing all the praying. I wasn't. I was actually doing more reflection. I was actually using more common sense. I needed a whole lot more prayer in my life back then. 
as I do now. But it, it was enough just acting. In, if Jesus is the light of common sense, all the messages are so simple. Our ladies come saying, Jesus is the light of intellectualism. Jesus is the light of the universities, higher education. No, it's practical common sense. An ignorant person can do more than somebody who's an intellectual, an intellectual theologian as far as spreading Christianity. They try to do it with their brains. And St. Teresa tried to do it with the heart. St. Uh, uh, John Vianney did it with his efforts and his holiness. And he couldn't even pass the test. He had to have a verbal test to get, become a priest. That's not endorsing necessary either way, but the point is, is your connection to God is what's important. It's not that you've got a PhD or you've got some kind of certificate showing how smart you are, because that doesn't make you smart. That just shows you, you went and you sat in these stupid classes for a long time, and now you're a PhD. I'm calling you stupid. A lot of intellectuals are stupid. Yes, there's a lot of ignorant people out there that intellectuals think are stupid too. We only become smart when we gain wisdom. We can only get wisdom if we live in grace. We can only get that grace if we, and the wisdom being connected to God, because He is the depositor of wisdom. And if anything is lacking these days, it's wisdom. Everybody's wringing their hands about knockout. Don't come our road and try to do something like that. You're going to have a whole community on top of you. And yes, we're peace-loving, we're Christians, but we're not going to tolerate something like that. No way. Not for a second. So why is society thinking, well, we just, please do something. Please do, no, you're on the street. Do what they do on, on planes because of 9-11 now. You won't get away with it. Fifteen people around there, you chase those people down. Not to is insane. To do it is not insane. It's civil. And it's love of neighbor. Frank, your contact information, we're discussing financial things and about silver. Anything you want to say about that? Well, yeah, th- there is a... An article I read, and I, I can't remember uh, exactly exactly where I read it. I would lead you to it because I thought it was fascinating. But um, it talked about thirteen-year uh, cycles of Dow highs and gold and silver lows, and so a lot of us can remember if you go back thirteen years, the crash of two thousand and Dow Jones Industrial Average, and we're making records um, in the beginning of the year, and then you know record highs, and then we had the crash that. Um, you know, led to that correction. 13 years before that, we had the high in 87 and the crash that led to 87 in the Dow. So it, and, and there was a chart, and so it was very interesting to see uh, this 13-year cycle. And because um, it, I don't think we have another 13 years, this could, you know, be a beginning of a very, very severe economic crash. And and what it also told me is that I've always valued things in terms of silver. So when people tell me, well, I can, you know, I'm going to take a real, real beating on, you know, if I sell my house here, I say, well, how many ounces could have you gotten in 2011? How many can you get now? So actually you're getting a lot more for your house. So when I term value things in terms of silver, I would say, you know, at this point, you're going to get more more silver for those pay-for assets than you ever would based on this 13-year 13, 13 cycle chart. So it's it's just very interesting, but um, I can tell you just because I have studied this um, physical metal and this most undervalued asset on the planet, that um, 
this is an unsustainable loan. It is it is because of paper selling, and uh, the paper sellers are being uh, duped because the weak hands are now taking the sell side. The big money uh, commercials are not long gold. That means that they've they're, they're always having a press of a paper short position or uh, selling something in paper that you don't own, uh, and now. They're actually uh, on the buy side of gold, and, and silver's getting towards net neutral. So in this situation, is is way more exaggerated than it was in 79 when silver went from 5 to $50. And it's more exaggerated in 2008 when we went down to 9 and then in a few years we're up to 50 So when you can create $85 billion a month, you can control something, but when it's a physical commodity, you can only control it till you run out of that commodity. And if people ever panic into silver because there's so little of it, then uh, it just ends because you can't sell something in paper and trick people into believing that it's it's worthless if you if you don't have any of the actual commodity because there's people that need it. And well, everyone everyone needs it. Every industry, uh, from GM to Kodak to you know light switches, silver's you know used in industry. Our uh, again, our show is. Of course, metagenomics, that's why it's named that. And our tie is to having so much subjects that we go on different topics and different things. It's always to show you the moral climate is tied to the economics. If you're if you're immoral people, then you have economical problems. It's one thing that God everything one thing that people have is is the means to exchange to for goods and services. When that's disrupted because of the immorality and those things that we touched on on this show, talking about that. Then you're going to have, on the other side, the fruit of your hands not giving you food, as John was reading earlier. And so this is why we tie in always our shows at the end about the economic situation. Of course, one thing we're telling people is to change their funds, not their 401ks, get everything they got, all their money out of the bank, and put it in something that's real. The Miraculous Metal Magic Go Around is a one-ounce silver piece. We meant it. We did this for the purpose of a ministry that people can take their funds and put in something immediately because this has to happen immediately. And you don't worry about what you get it at and the price where it is. It's, it's worth something and it's intrinsic, meaning that it always have value. There'll be a, a time when it won't have value. That's at an immediate point of a crash because if people will knock people out for fun, what are they going to do for food? If this is prevailing spread in there and people realize how to get food and how to do it, you think it's not going to be a fad? Or rather, you think it's going to be something much more than a fad? Because they're hungry. If they do this for fun, what will they do when they're hungry? They'll take everything you got. There's nothing that won't be touched, nothing that won't be scarred by this. So silver won't even buy food because food is the most important thing. It's above silver. But after things stabilize, it will. And the purpose also is to prelude any kind of crash of the economy that if you got your cash there now, you find your land three months from now or a year from now, at least you got something that has been insured with intrinsic value that if there's a crash between now and next year and you're able to get some land eight months from now, then you get you get your silver back into the land. That's what you want because the food, the, food, the land, the water, that's your most important asset. The main thing is safeguard it immediately and transfer and get it out. And two... Listening to what you're saying, and you, for those who have read, they fired the first shot, and those who have not read it, it's a must read. 
this is listening to all of the things that are happening morally in in the society in the culture today it's all the more reason that you need to exit society and form your own what what a friend of Medjugorje did here the Caritas was created his own system apart from the system out there it's what holiness means to be set apart from the world and so when he said when he's speaking about seeking holiness and that's the solution for change in the world what he's saying is be separate from the whole world create your own system this is this is again for those of you who've read they fired the first shot it's all the more reasons for you to exit society as you know it and, and create the new society under our lady under her messages uh, just we were just speaking with with someone yesterday and they uh, lived in a city a large city or near a large city said basically that there was no hope for that city and uh, what we told them was that basically you, you just need to go ahead and exit that place you just need to leave and uh, this person said uh, uh, i i know that but i you know i don't i want i don't want to leave my grandkids for now you know i want to be able to be within a driving distance of my grandkids and and what we told them was you know, at a certain point in time, Sodom is going to happen. His wife didn't want to leave. She kept looking back. That was her sin. Oh, I'm missing my friends. I'm missing this or my house. Leave. Make your grandchildren. You create a system of grandchildren to come to you. We've got grandchildren in Texas. Their whole dream is coming over here. They went, our oldest grandchild just said she's seven or so, eight. Maybe nine. I don't even know. I don't keep up with ages. But she says her whole dream is to, to live at Caritas. Why? Because you got creeks, you got sticks, you got trees, you got kids, you got the best toy a kid can have. Is what I've said many times is another kid. You can't buy them toys that can run and operate as length in the time that another kid can with another kid. And there's kids here, and you should see how they play. It's just, it's, it's a purity of their play. They don't have anything but a rope, and we've lost this whole concept, this whole idea of a legacy of a heritage and build build a place that is really for kids. This place really is built around the children, but we're not child-centered. We don't let them get ahead of us, and they don't dominate us. That's the difference. Out there, people are child-centered. Children run everything. They're little tyrants. Frank, your contact information? Yeah, you can reach us toll-free, 877-936-7686. You can email us at globalsilverinvestors at yahoo.com. And our website is globalsilverinvestors.com. Well, until next time, which will be next Thursday, I guess. We don't have anything between now and then. We'll be watching out for you and what's taking place and be discussing those things that have pertinent interest to you and to your security and your future, not only way in the future, but in the present. We wish you, Our Lady. We love you. Goodbye. The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered.
It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional.